All right, amen. What a great, what a great start to this morning. Uh, I saw some of you actually clapping beside your Baptist church. You were like, uh, okay, I think I can do this. Um, good job. Uh, I, one thing we want to do, uh, we want to welcome, and this is like an old, like late welcome, uh, Jennifer Stormont joined our church May 29th, and we just have not done that from an official standpoint. So this is almost like what's happening with King Charles. Uh, it's like an official ceremony that we have here. Uh, but we want to welcome Jennifer into our church here as a member. I'm going to talk about membership in, in a few minutes in my sermon, but Make sure today at some point you welcome Jennifer in. Jennifer, I have a fancy, like, you can come on, come on up. You didn't know you were going to be here this, this is so exciting. I, the, do you see the crowd just, they are in a roar. <laughs> it's like royalty. I'll actually, I felt like I was standing up really high there. So we welcome you into the church. Make sure you welcome, uh, Jennifer into, uh, what we do here. So Jennifer, thank you. It's so exciting. Thank you. All right. <laughs> oh, if uh, if you're visiting with us today or you're looking for a church home, I want to extend my special welcome to you. Uh, I hope that you see that this place is uh, what you just saw. Uh, we're imperfect people, believing God can do something in it and and through us. For you that that call Daybreak Community Church home, or for our friends at Renfrew Baptist Church that call Renfrew home, we want to welcome you back. I always love the second week of September because it signifies really an unofficial start of the year for us. The weather's changing, school has begun, some parents are very excited about that, another ministry year is approaching. I am very excited to see where God is going to take our churches, where God is going to take this community of believers. I'm not sure we fully understand what makes up Daybreak Community Church or Renfrew Baptist Church and Maybe even why we're a part of it. I, I was watching a, a talk show this week. The beauty with now television is I can actually watch it kind of in the distance on my iPhone. And the host was talking about the importance of community and neighbors. That if we've learned anything through this whole last couple years, we've learned the importance of community and the need for it. So here's where my mind has been going the last few months. As I've tried to make sense of why we are passionate about this network thing. (laughs) Why we renovate our building, put paint on the walls, and start to fix up our building here at Daybreak. And why we're passionate about our community. You see, I I think it's this statement, and we're going to keep making this statement throughout the next few weeks. We are passionate. We're passionate about bringing individuals into community with Jesus and one another. Let me say that again. I know it's on the screen behind me. We're passionate 
about bringing individuals into community with Jesus and one another. So over the next few weeks, we're going to explore this simple statement and what it means to us. I'm hoping that that through this exercise, we'll gain a deeper appreciation for our church and churches and understand what pulls us together. So here we go. We're going to dissect that middle word, that, that middle word that starts with a C that says community. I'm not sure there's a more misunderstood word than community in church. Some of us, when we think of community, we jump to, oh, potlucks. <laughs> or we jump to children's ministry. Or we jump to, is there hot chocolate for, the, for me this morning? Let's actually understand why God has designed us for community. We're going to celebrate our community actually by taking communion together at the end. So let me share with you a picture so that we can all understand the meaning behind the word of community a little bit better. If you've ever been to California, you maybe have seen huge redwood trees. They're amazing. They're the largest living thing on earth and the tallest tree in the world. Some of them are 300 feet high and more than 2,500 years old. You would think that those redwood trees have an enormous or a tremendous root system reaching down hundreds of feet into the earth. But friends, that's not the case with redwoods. They have a very shallow root system. They're the largest living things on earth. They're the tallest trees in the world. Some of them are so tall, but they don't have a, a deep root system. Doesn't that go against everything that we know? The roots of the trees and what makes the redwood tree actually effective is they're intertwined. They're tied into each other. They're, they're interlocked. Thus, when the storms come and the winds blow, the redwoods still stand strong. In the same way with an interlocking root system, we can have that same kind of effect for us as a church. We need each other to survive. Through Christ, we're, we're bound in a community of faith. What the hard thing is, is this next statement that belonging to Christ actually means we belong to each other. Fellowship with Christ means fellowship with one another. Through Christ, God has made us a family. Community of faith, this is our God. It's our God-given support system. I love how Henry Nouwen describes it, and you'll see this quote come up on the screen behind me. We are unified. We're unified by our common weakness. We're unified by our common failures. We're unified by our common disappointments and our common inconsistencies. Isn't that true? The early church in Acts chapter 2 verse 40, 44 was described as all the believers had everything in common and were together. So what's wrong with that model? Someone has said this, that when God's love feels distant or non-existent, the body of Christ's love is real and tangible. Let me say that this is one of the most important things that people in the world need right now coming out of COVID. 
They need this fancy word, this word we're going to talk about a lot this fall, hope. Where do they actually receive hope from? See, I believe it's a great time for us as Christ followers to actually jump into the mix and be a community that cares and promotes a life filled with God's hope. So let me define community in a really, really practical way for you. Let's first define it from the dictionary, and the dictionary says this is what community is. It's sharing, it's participation, it's fellowship. But let me take that definition and just change it just a little bit. I believe it's connecting with a spiritual purpose. Larry Crabb said this in his book, Community Matters, that Community matters is like saying that oxygen matters. Community is essential to the church. As our lungs require air, so our souls, who we are, requires what only this community can provide. Now, there are many different ways that you can experience community at at Daybreak or Renfrew. Let me tell you a few. You can come each morning, each Sunday morning, sorry, and join us for worship. You could serve and become a part of the community in a way. You could join some of the ministries that we're going to talk about next Sunday. That's a way for you to get involved in community in community with a smaller group of people. See, our, our ministry programs are designed in such a way for you to enter in and find community. So if we define spiritual community as this, connecting with a spiritual purpose, then what role do I play in that? And here comes the misconception. See, we think community needs to come to us, but each one of us is part of a community. Before I lived in Copperfield, where I live now in Calgary, I actually lived in Mackenzie Lake. Now, living in a lake community you would think is great. I was so far, you couldn't even see the lake. You needed to take a shuttle bus to the lake. But every year in March, guess what I would receive in the mail? a bill to pay for that lake. Guess what I never used? The lake. See, I was forced to be a part of that community. At the church, sometimes you can feel like it's forced upon you. But in reality, we all need to understand that God has placed us for some reason together in this community. See, I love that we brought Jennifer into church membership. I I wish when we became church members, we had a discount card that'd give us 10% off at Sobeys or 10% off at, at Home Depot, but that's not the case. There's really few benefits that come with church membership. But the beauty with with becoming a member of the church is you are going, I identify with this group of people. I want to be a part of this group of people. I actually am passionate about this group of people. And so if you are interested in church membership, I'd love for you to talk to me or to Nancy, Noreen, Heather, uh, Michelle. We'd love to talk to you about what it means to be a member. 
Okay, so I've given you all kinds of preliminary discussions on community. Here's three things that I want us to understand this morning. Three really simple things. My role in community means that I desire to be in God's presence. Here's the second one. My, my desire, my role in community means that I'm actually dedicated to one another. And then my role in community means I'm devoted to God's mission, his missio day. Well, let's jump into that very first area. My role in community means I desire to be in God's presence. If you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 22. Uh, sorry, Acts chapter 2. Sorry, not 22. Acts chapter 2. So as you turn there, let me just give you a little background. We have this little snippet of what's happening in the first church. The disciples who were disasters. The disciples who hadn't got it figured out in Matthew 28 suddenly seemed to have figured it out in Acts chapter 2. We're not sure if that was months or, or many months. All we know is Jesus ascended into heaven and suddenly the disciples are starting to formulize this church. And so Acts chapter 2, verse 42, if you pick it up there, we see that this church wasn't a social club. They weren't just a group of Christians that were hanging out. They were so dedicated to the things of God. And so here's what it says in Acts chapter 2. They devoted. They were dedicated. They were all in to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. To the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone... Anytime we read the word everyone in Scripture, it doesn't mean a few. There was a small group over in the corner. Everyone is everyone. Was filled with awe. And many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. Look at verse 44. All the believers were together. They had everything in common. Verse 45, selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They praised God. They enjoyed the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. On the heels of that scripture, I love this quote by what C.S. Lewis says. C.S. Lewis said this, Christ works on us in all sorts of ways. But above all, he works on us through each other. Men or women are carriers or mirrors of Christ to other people. Usually, it is those who know him that bring him to others. All right, so let's unpack that. My role is that I desire to be in God's presence. See, often I think this, and I'll put myself in this camp, I think that church is me wanting to be around other people. However, this passage in Acts chapter 2 shows us, although it's great to be in the presence of others, our first priority is always to be in the presence of God. See, the early church understood this. That if you're getting together for a spiritual purpose, the most important thing that can happen is to grow closer to the Spirit of Christ. It pointed that out to us in verse 42 and verse 47. The early church prayed. 
The early church read their Bibles. They thanked God together. And if we were wise, we would do the same. I know that it's great for us to be together. But our first priority should be how are we growing closer in our relationship with God? See, all of us, if we all, if all of us desired to understand God more and actually dwell in His presence more, we would want to be real before God. Do you know what that means? Not everyone cuts their lawn in the same way. Or has their house painted the color that I would choose? So let's translate that for the church. You and I all bring our baggage into the church. We all sin. We all have opinions. We all don't get along. But community, real community, needs to be a place where I feel like I can experience God's presence in a safe manner with other people who are on the journey. See, together we need to work hard to apply the Bible to our lives. We need to pray for people in our church that need encouragement. We need to do the things that give praise and honor to glory and glory to God. I love what it says in verse 44. That verse just kept running in my mind this week. All the believers were together. The church community must desire to grow in their relationship with God together. Satan wants nothing more than to suck you dry spiritually. And some of you may be there already. Do you find yourself frustrated every time that you try to start your devotional with God? If those things are true for you, I want to encourage you to get plugged in community here. Where people will care about your spiritual welfare where you can have some Bible application and you can pray. See, when you come to church or when you go to your small group or you go to a Wednesday ministry that you will soon hear about, do you actually expect that God is going to meet you there? Or are you dreading what the sermon will be like or what Matt's wearing or what the topic will be like? My role in community, here at Daybreak Community Church, is expecting that God is present and that I'm going to be changed. You see, the Christian life was never meant to be lived alone. It was always meant for community. Which brings us to our second thing. My role in community means that I am dedicated to you and you are dedicated to me. I want you to notice some of the imagery in this text. See, I I think that we've read this passage so often that we've kind of lost the impact of what is actually being said. Now, a scary thing is, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. Don't fall asleep. Listen to these words. Close your eyes, listen to these words. Everyone was filled with awe. All the believers were together. And every day they continued to meet together. The early church understood and wanted to be together, and they were dedicated to each other's needs. Man, I don't know about you, 
But haven't you felt a tug in the last few months with what's happening in this world? What if Renfrew Baptist Church or Daybreak Community Church was the solution to what the community needed outside the doors? See, the first church held this mantra. If the need was physical, we're told the early church sold all their possessions and gave to anyone who had need. If the need was spiritual, this tight-knit group of people would be available for that as well, to help and pray. Look around this morning. Are you dedicated to each other here in this room? I, I heard a minister tell how his son was born without a left hand. One Sunday back in the children's program, the teacher was trying to illustrate the church. And in order to illustrate it, illustrate it, she folded her hands like we used to do and said, here is the church, here is the steeple. Open the doors and see all the people. Of course, this teacher asked the entire class to do it along with her, not thinking about the boy's inability to pull off the exercise. Yet in the next moment, it dawned on her what she had done, but before she could say anything, the boy sitting next to him said, let's do it together. The two boys proceeded to join their hands together to make the church in the steeple. Friends, that's the church. That exercise should never be done the same way again. Because the church is not an individual, but is made up of people interconnected in Christ. You see, I need to connect my hand with Lorne back there. And Nancy needs to connect her hands with Jake. And on and on. Friends, whose hands are you actually connecting with? I get it. Sometimes life throws a curveball. And things don't always make sense. Tragedies will happen and they can't be explained. Do you know what happens when a church loves to be around each other this much that when hardship comes, guess what happens in that family? Encouragement is given. Prayers are offered up. Sometimes even resources are thrown into the mix. But the body of Christ does exactly what its name implies. It becomes Jesus to that person. Maybe you're here today and you feel like you're going through the ringer. At this church, I really hope you will find a group of friends that will help you through anything. We will celebrate when you get a job promotion. We'll celebrate when you become pregnant. We'll celebrate when you find your spouse. If something bad happens or you lose your job, we'll all mourn together. If we aren't dedicated to everyone here that calls Daybreak or Renfrew home, then we don't have true community. Here's the third one before we step into communion. My role in community means I'm dedicated, I'm devoted to God's mission. Do you know what God's mission is? I think it's simply this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Did you notice that last verse in our text today? The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. See, that's fellowship. That's church community. 
That's attractive. Remember how lonely people are. And when they see friendships, not just acquaintances, but friendships, friendships that we make, the spiritual satisfaction that we have with one another will only draw them to Christ. It'll be like a magnet. But I want you to notice something. The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. It doesn't say Matt. It doesn't say some other name. It says the Lord added to their number daily. See, our job is not to be the Savior. He already came. He is coming back. But our job is to be proclaimers or performers of the gospel. Every day this church in Acts was in the temple courts talking to people, worshiping, sharing Christ to those who didn't know. Our God is a very relational God. In true community, you can see people for who they really are. People who are desperate for God's grace. In community, you can see who God really is. In community, you can see the true friendships that God desires for every believer. See, when people see these three things, they're going to want what we have. And I believe a tide of growth will sweep this area like we've never seen. See, you don't have to feel lonely anymore. Do you want to be a part of a community that desires to be in God's presence? that are dedicated to each other, that are devoted to God's mission, I think you'll find it here. Bob Russell in his book, When God Builds a Church, has said this, the church exploded in growth because the people love being together. When you get a group of people together who genuinely believe something and who really enjoy each other, it's such a contagious atmosphere that you can't keep people away from it. People assume that smaller churches must have better fellowship and stronger relationships because everyone knows everyone. But churches that genuinely love each other don't stay small very long. So friends, we're created for community. The journey of life and faith is often difficult. It's painful. There's discouragement. There's temptation. There's sin. There's doubts. There's ridicule. There's weakness, there's heavy burdens, there's unanswered questions, there's rejection. Little wonder that God has given us the family of God and the fellowship of believers. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, God proclaimed these great words through the author Paul as he was talking to the church in Ephesus. You are no longer foreigners. You're no longer aliens, but you're fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. So in Christ, we're a community of faith, a special place where we can minister and be ministered to. We need each other. Therefore, our community of faith needs to be a priority in our life. That is my prayer for you for me and for us this fall. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to to share about community. It is so important. May we inside the walls here at Daybreak understand what the community is that we have with one another. 
So then we can show the world, show Airdrie, show the homes that look at our building all the time, what community, true community is. Lord, we're excited to be on this journey where we understand what does it mean to bring individuals into community with you and with one another. We ask all this in your name. Amen. You should have been handed some communion elements before uh, you, you came in. If you didn't, Lauren will make sure that you, you have some. One of the, the great things as the church, and this is an ordinance that the church is given. Uh, there's certain things that the church is, 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 is told to, to do. One of those is going to be in a few weeks, we're going to have a couple ladies who are going to be baptized. And uh, <laughs> the exciting thing with baptism is that we as a church get to celebrate a commitment that is made by uh, a couple of these ladies. And, and what baptism simply is, is we're following what Jesus said. Jesus himself was baptized. And, and, and Jesus looked at John the Baptist in Mark chapter 1 and said, like, you have to do this to fulfill what was prophesied about me because John the Baptist was like, I am not worthy to do this. And as our two ladies get baptized, they're looking at us going, I associate with you. <laughs> like, this is my community. And our role in that is we look back at them and go, we're going to come alongside and help you in that. The only time that we read in Scripture that the Christian life uh, is, is your individual is when we profess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Then we're instantly thrown into community. I can't do this by myself. I can't live a good life by myself. I can't tell others about Jesus all by myself. I need a community. And I think a lot of times that's one of Satan's lies to us is just make this about your own self. <laughs> like, figure out your Christian life all by yourself, Matt. Don't tell anyone. Don't share your sins. Don't share your shortcomings, because that's not what we're supposed to do. But God's, all that God is, is, man, I'm a communal God. God loves community. And, and when Jesus was with his disciples, there, there came a moment after three years of, of walking with them. Jesus walked with his disciples for three and a half years, about the three-year mark. They knew what this responsibility, this job was. It was pretty simple for them at that time. We're, we're proclaiming the good news about Jesus. And the good news was found in Luke chapter 4 where it said, I've come to to give sight to the blind. And Jesus was talking about, I'm going to physically heal people. <laughs> but I'm also going to give those who are spiritually blind sight. So in Luke chapter 4, he also went, I want to release the oppressed, those who spiritually are in bondage, and those who were thrown into jail wrongly. And, and at the end of Luke chapter 4, that little section that Jesus read from Isaiah 61, Jesus said, and, and I'm going to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And, and so the disciples knew what the, their responsibility was, but Jesus had gathered them. It was another festival that he gathered them, and he, he started to say a different message to them. He said, man, I've eagerly waited to, to, to do this with you. And he passed familiar elements around to them. He passed them bread, which they would have used 
not just like we use it where we have a nice roll. They would have used that. That was some of their utensils were bread. You can remember back to some of your your grandpa or your dad who would all, the plate was always clean. Uh, and, and so Jesus talked about the bread and he said to them, my body's going to be broken. And the disciples at this stage were still waiting for the king who was going to come and they would be like the top dogs in the, in the land. And Jesus is now saying to them, my body's going to be broken for you. And, and then he transitioned to the cup and he said, uh, you know, I've eagerly waited to, to, to do this because this is going to fulfill something that's huge. It's going to restore a relationship. And today we talked about the mission of God being love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, love your neighbor as yourself. But at the heart of that is, is restoration. Our, our God is a God who wants to restore things back to the way they should be. So anytime you think of, man, my relationship with God seems so fractured, well, that's because of Genesis 3. It's because sin entered in. And, and, and Paul, the interesting thing with Paul is in 2 Corinthians, Paul goes, and I'm calling you guys to be agents of restoration to a world that desperately needs it. And so our job as Christ followers is to restore the world back to its original condition and intent. We can't do that by ourselves. We can't do it without God's strength. But we're restorers. We're agents of restoration. And so when we come to communion, it's simply a chance for us to look at one another and go, you know that God that we serve? He's not dead. He's alive. (laughs) That's what Paul tells us in Corinthians to do is, anytime we gather, it's kind of a checkpoint for us to go, we serve a God who's alive. So today we get that great opportunity to look at each other through the taking of some pretty simple elements and go, we serve a God who's alive and not dead. And so I'd, I'd love for you just to, to peel back that first layer, that first layer, and just grab the, the bread. And the interesting thing with the bread is this version we can actually break, so I'd encourage you to break. It's just a great symbol for us that the body was, was broken I should say this, that the communion elements have nothing to do with Daybreak Community Church. So you don't have to be a member to take communion. All The only restriction that we have is you need to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And to be honest, I don't think there would be a greater time than today if you haven't accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior to do it at the communion table. Uh, and so with with the body being broken... We're reminded that Christ's body, his human body, sometimes we put a spiritual tone on it and go, Christ was just like an actor in a play. He didn't have that physical side to him because he was God. There's moments in scripture where we see Jesus being fully human. And so hanging on the cross, when he looked up into the sky and said, Father, why have you forsaken me? That was from the deepest part. It's the loneliness that you and I feel at moments. And so Jesus showed his disciples, he said, this body's going to be broken for you. And he said these words, and we'll take it, take and eat as a reminder that my body was broken for you. Take and eat. Lord, thank you for your body that was broken. What a gift. 
And what an example that we can see that you throughout Scripture said, greater love has no one than when he lays down his life for his friend. Thank you that you laid down your life for us. And then he, he passed around the cup and he said, this is the, the blood of the new covenant. The new covenant, which simply means the forgiveness of sins. It's so we can actually claim 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What a great gift that God gives us that every time that we start a new day, his mercies, his forgiveness is new every day. I can't earn more or less of God's love. So as we take this, let's, let's enjoy the gift of forgiveness that comes as Christ ushered in the new covenant, as the disciples passed the cup. So take and drink. Lord, what a gift. We are humbled. We do not deserve what you give us. Forgiveness. The opportunity to be as white as snow. The opportunity to have a role and responsibility in this world. Lord, together we look at each other and we say, we serve a God who is alive and not dead. We long for the day when you will call us home. We long for the day when we can sit at your feet and worship you. You are worthy to be praised. We ask all this in your name. Amen.